Over the last couple of weeks, what we've talked about as we begin this year, um, as we talk about membership in the local church, and we're talking about why membership matters. Over the last couple of weeks, we've set, set forth some foundational things that we have to know. It doesn't matter if we've been in the church forever or if it's our first time, that if we don't know them, things may come crumbling apart. Because a, a building is only as strong as its foundation. We're told that the church, our foundation is Jesus. He is our head. He is our authority. So all things and what we believe and what we're going to do and what we want to act upon come back to him and what he taught us. We learn about Jesus through his work in the New Testament and the Gospels, as we call them, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. And we learn about what Jesus continued to do through the church and the rest of the books in the New Testament because the church was always God's plan. It wasn't a backup. It wasn't an afterthought. And God always wanted to include you in the church because the church is made up of people. It's God's will that no one suffers punishment and is eternally removed from God in his presence, but God wants everyone to come to salvation through his son. And that's where you come in. That's where the church comes in. That's why it's so important for us to know what we've talked about. And here's a reminder of the things over three sermons and however long it takes me to talk about these, okay? Because membership matters in the local church, I will be a functioning member of the church. I want to find my role to fill, my part to play, and what God wants me to do. And this axiom is true. If I am not serving in the local church, something God wants to get accomplished isn't getting done. Because you can accomplish things that I can't. You have giftedness that I don't. So in the local church, because membership matters, I will be a functioning member of the church. Also, I will be a unifying member of the church. The tone or the current of unity in the church is all throughout Scripture. It's not just sprinkled here and there, but it's a current that under, under, under like pushes out everything that we do. That we are to be united in the local church. We're to be united in our mission, united in our focus, and united as a people that care for and love one another. Also, last week, we talked about how I will not make the church about my preferences and desires. And all these things are because membership matters. And what we'll talk about today, we'll tack on to this, is prayer. Because membership matters, we know that prayer matters. I think it was Albert Brenneman who got upset at his buddy Hitch at the end after the little scheme was falling apart where he turned to him and really upset. He says, oh, you're selling the stuff. You just don't buy it. He got kind of upset because of exactly what he said. He says, oh, you're selling the stuff, but you don't buy it. And really what I was going to talk about today, of course, we're going to talk about prayer. We're going to look at some scriptures and build a, a really quick theology of prayer. But not just in what we will pray about, but what we're going to talk about for me as as a member of the church is that I will pray not just for the church universal and the church all over the place, the church in Ghana, the church in Virginia, the church wherever that God is stirring in the hearts of people. But I also want to pray for the local church for which I am involved. And because of that, I'm going to ask you to pray for me as a leader in the church. I'm going to ask you to pray for me. Now, that kind of sounds self-serving, doesn't it? Like, and I almost didn't want to say that. But then I'd fall in the boat that Hitch did, right, at the end of the movie. So, oh, you're selling the stuff, you just don't buy it. Now that would be awful hypocritical of me, right? Say, like, go to God and pray and talk to him because he cares for you. That he wants to hear about your heart, and when you hear about prayer requests, pray for those and pray for other people. But if I'm unwilling to ask you to pray for me, and not just me, but for the leaders, 
the church. So what we will be a, a functioning member, I'll be a sense of unity. I will not make church about my preferences and desires. And I will pray for my local church and its leaders. And that's what I'm asking for you to do. Because we are to pray for one another, for all Christians, for all believers, but especially, not especially, that's not the right thing to say. But to pray for the leaders because we know that we have an enemy who will attack us at any chance that he gets. And we know that prayer is powerful and when we pray for one another that there is strength in that, there is conviction in that. We can learn from that. A couple places. Um, I'm going to read them kind of quickly, I think. Um, 1 Thessalonians. In the New Testament, um, after Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, we've got First and Second Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, chapter 5. It's on page 988 in my Bible, if that helps anybody find it. No, it doesn't. Paul's final instructions to the church in the city of Thessalonica, as he's writing on this account, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and following. If you want to memorize some Bible verses, here's some good ones. Three that you can memorize with just a few words if you'll accomplished, and you will be. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Paul tells the Christians, rejoice. Pray without stopping. And if I turn over just a few pages in my Bible... Uh, to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Paul again writing to believers. And he says this. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. I'm going to keep flipping more towards the back of my Bible uh, to the book of James. James chapter 3. And I think this is why it's important to pray for our Christian leaders. And indeed, it, it told us in Timothy 2 to pray for all leaders, all who are put in a position to lead. Then we have this admonition, this a reminder in James, James chapter 3, it says this. God says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Um, on that note, we need a couple new Sunday school teachers. Can I see any hands? <laughs> no, okay. No, but, but in seriousness, that God takes us, if we were to teach if we're to bear responsibility for others and to help. It's not something that we enter into lightly. It's not something that we do just casually. Because it says very clearly, whether we like it or not, is that those who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Well, why? Why would God do that? Well, he would do that because he would probably say, well, Joel, you should know better. He says, I just don't, don't want you selling it. I want you buying it. I want you living it out. I want you doing this yourself as well. So it's important for us to pray, to pray continually. It's important for us to pray for one another. It's important for us to pray for ourselves. Jesus prayed for himself. If Jesus did it, I can do it. That falls apart in some places, right? But, okay, if Jesus did it, I can, I can pray for myself. There's nothing wrong in praying for yourself. But I want to model what Jesus also did. 
and pray for other people and pray for his disciples and pray for those who would come to follow him that he would not yet meet in this lifetime. So we are to pray for one another. We want to be known as a church that prays, a church for praise when there are big events that come up, tragic events that need prayer, that need intercession, that need us falling before our faces before God and praying to him. And we also need to remember to talk to God in all things, to pray for the work that we're doing here in the local church, and to pray for what God wants for us to accomplish, to pray that we don't get distracted by the enemy, that we don't get distracted by maybe some good things that we do have to do, but it draws our attention away from the most important thing that's put before us. And that's helping advance the kingdom of God. That's helping more people come to know Jesus. That's helping people hear Jesus and the story of the gospel for the first time. And that's why it's important that we partner with about 15 other organizations outside of our walls here at Cross Plains and Next Generation Ministries International is one of those. Because we are helping reach people who otherwise might not hear of Jesus. And Scripture tells us that everyone is created in the image of God and everyone God desires to have this relationship with. And they need a chance to hear it. You and I live in a place where, very honestly, it's very easy to take for granted the access that we have to the life-giving, the life-saving truth of the gospel. And there are things that we are to accomplish here in Carroll County and around us and wherever you live. And there are things that we can also work and partner with through prayer, through finances, maybe through a trip at some point. I don't know with the local ministers in Africa, with, the, with whatever God is doing that I want to be a part of, to help more people come to know who Jesus is. And because of that, who they are and why they're to live and why we have meaning in life. We have it because God has set it before us. What greater task could we have than to let other people know that they are loved and that they are cared for? And that they have a father who cares for them so deeply he gave up his only son. Now because of that, we've got some things we've got to straighten up in our lives. Because of that, I have some things I am to straighten up in my life. But that not is something, that is not something I'm called to do by myself. That's something that God wants me to do together as a part of the local church. Accomplishing the mission that Jesus has set before us. I'm going to read another passage out of the book of Colossians in the New Testament. Colossians chapter 1, and Paul starts his letter to the church this way. God starts his letter to us, the church, this way. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God, our Father. We always thank God, the Father, for our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you, since we've heard about your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing. As it also does among you, since the day you heard it and you understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Verse 9. 
And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness, and he has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sins. The very first thing that Paul says as he is talking to the church here, and as God is talking to us, He says, we always thank our God for you when we pray for you because of the work that you're doing. May that be our prayers for other churches and other places and other ministries that we are involved with. May we go before God on their behalf and pray for them. Pray that they be obedient to what God is telling for them to do. Pray that they be bold when they need to be bold. And to pray that in all things God's will be done. And then there's this principle that continues his work As Paul talks here in Colossians, he talks about how people have heard about Jesus and they've heard about their faith and they know more or less how they're supposed to live and what they're supposed to do. Then he talks about down in verse 7, how they began to hear it and understand it, the grace of God and truth. And in verse 7, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and he's made known to us your love and the spirit. Paul came to know about the work that the church in Colossae was doing because Epaphras told them. And they were able to grow. He was the local minister in place to guide them along the way. And we have this principle that works out and is true. God works as the church through the church. The church is not the the building or the land or the lot or the name or the logo or whatever. The church is you. The church is the people. And it is always through the people of God that he will go out and reach more people for God. That's what we see this principle true. The church in Colossae happen. They worked through Epaphras. Epaphras communicated with Paul, and they continued to work and to serve, and the gospel spread. See, what we have in God's Word is not just um, our mission, but it's our model. Not just what we are to do and what we are to know, but how we're to go about it. We go about it by making disciples. By making disciples who can reproduce, who can sustain themselves, who can make more disciples, who can grow up infants in the faith and work alongside with God and the power of his spirit. And we mature and we become more like Jesus and less like the world around us so that we can reach more people for Jesus. If you think about your own Christian life or your own spiritual life for a while, think back on the different people that influenced you for the better. Think about the people that God put directly in your path to help you, maybe for a season or maybe for your whole life. Now imagine how different your faith would be if that person didn't exist. Imagine maybe what hole might be there in your faith or in your biggest time of need if that person wasn't there for you. Now fast forward your life down the road and maybe you see where I'm going with this. What if God wants to use you as that person in the life of someone else? So that maybe when they feel like their faith is crumbling apart, that God's going to put you right there in front of them to pray with them, to sit there and cry with them, to open up your Bible and to read it with them so that they can hold firmly 
to the mission that we have set before us, to make disciples who make disciples, that we can let people know that God loves them and God cares for them and he is there for them, that you are not alone, you are not by yourself, you have help, you have a father, you have a community in the church that can help you if maybe you're willing to swallow your pride and ask. Sometimes we want to hold our, or sometimes I want to hold my cards too close so that nobody can see. And in that, I think I'm robbing the church of doing the work that God set out for it to do. I'm preventing the church from caring for me, from ministering to me, to helping me along the way. The local church is so important. It is the plan. And we are a part of it. How great is it that God chose to use us, to use you, the church. <laughs> it's phenomenal. There's other ways he could have done it. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. He chose to include us. Maybe the motivation that you need was the example that I just used. Maybe you can think of those who were foundational in your life and in your faith. You can be that to someone else. But you've got to have proximity. You've got to be close to the people. You've got to be in relationship with them. You've got to know what's going on with them so they can trust you, so that you can speak the truth into their life. And that maybe more than anything else is what we're trying to accomplish as we come together to worship on Sundays, as we come together in our lessons through the week, through a Bible study, or through our life groups where we get to know one another, where we can care for one another, where we can minister to one another, where others can maybe hear the reports about how we're growing in our faith because of others who know us well and the people that God will put in our path to help them come to know Jesus better. Membership in the local church matters because that's how God established it. And the great thing about it is people in this world are looking for something bigger than themselves to believe in. If anything is bigger than myself, than my circumstances, it's the church. It's this thing that God always had a plan for. And God wants to use you, he does, in his church to spread that truth to other people. And we'll do that together, we'll help one another, and we'll support one another. What I'm asking you to do is make sure that you're spending time talking to your father. Spend time talking to the God who created you, who gave his son for you, and say, God, may I live a life of obedience. God, may I be obedient today and in the coming week and in the coming years to do what you're putting right in front of me to do. Let me pray. God, we can trust you. We absolutely can trust you. God, may we not say that. May we live it out. God, we live in a world that is broken, that is falling, that it's hard to trust, it's hard to believe, it's hard to rely on. God, may we never think that you have let us down. God, I pray that we, all of us, myself included, have this continual thirst to talk to you, to hear from our Father to bring things before you, to pray for others, to pray for the church, to pray for our local church, to pray for the local leaders in the church. God, to pray for the next generation of leaders that you're going to rise up because we all know our days in this world are numbered and we want to replace what we have. Because, God, we know we always want 
and cross planes to be a part of your mission because we know that the church wins. <laughs> God, that you defeat the enemy. And that, God, may we continue to partner alongside with you to do that. God, give us the desire to pray if we don't have it. And God, I'm grateful that you tell us that you, through your Holy Spirit, you'll even pray on our behalf when we don't know what to say. God, thank you for the comfort and peace that comes with that truth. God, thank you for caring for us so intricately. God, we love you. I thank you for all that you do for us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.